Well, welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She on Valentine's Day, I might add. Uh, happy Valentine's Day, Eric. Thank you, and to you. And happy you know, Friday as well. And happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Uh, will it be raining there as it has been for three months? <laughs> you know, we keep getting these little sun breaks, which makes it uh, somewhat <laughs> tolerable. But yeah, we have had more rain uh, this last couple months than we've had in a long time. You know, it's uh, it's <laughs> I, I don't mind the rain, but I wouldn't mind some a little more sunshine, a little br- uh, some sun breaks yeah, for a week yeah. or two. <laughs> you know, the weather seems to be going haywire all over the world. Uh, you it know, is. they just recorded record temperatures in Antarctica. So, you know, uh, climate change skeptics may have oh, to yeah, just yeah, kind just, of wake up. <laughs> Things are changing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know how their their children and their grandchildren uh, are the ones who are going to reap the uh, benefits of their ignorance. Uh, so that's you know, if if we don't make these, if we, I mean, we are seriously running out of time. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I had some of my neighbors kind of. We, I stopped to get the mail. Two other people were walking up to the mailboxes, and then somebody else came up, and then a third person. Yeah. And he's telling me uh, that in Montana, where they live, they had record winds, record high winds. And I'm trying to remember what the name of the wind was. They told me I'd never heard of it before, but something how it sweeps up through a canyon. It was like 178 mile an hour wind. Wow. Montana. This just happened. And I didn't hear anything about that on the news. I Um, thought it was breezy here. Uh, yeah, that's. I said that's hurricane force winds. Yeah. So you know when things like that are happening in Montana, you know. That that's wild. <laughs> it is pretty wild, and so you know I thought, well, that's noteworthy, and I, I was going to look that up and check it out. I completely spaced it out. I just have. It just blew right wind, out of your mind. You know. You know <laughs> That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> hey, you're rubbing off on me after all these years. All these years, I'm finally, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so I um, I really feel like right now my plate in life, you know, is like the spaghetti is like little worms. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, just too much. It's inedible. And I okay. Just, <laughs> I've never I heard that expression before, plate. but. What the or your plate was inedible? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I just like you know how we always say my my plate is full, you know. Plate is over full. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I'm just thinking about dumping the whole thing out, putting it in the washing machine, bringing it out, and starting fresh. Okay, clean plate. <laughs> clean plate. I'm all for a clean clean plate. plate clean slate. Clean plate. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if it rhymes, you know it's got to be. It's, it's yeah, got to be, be something, trite. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I did on a <clears throat> on a less joyful note. On the one hand, uh, because this was my dearest friend, uh, Suzanne Duffy Kane. I just wanted to acknowledge her existence uh, since she passed through the veil. Uh, a week ago yesterday. I'm sorry to hear that. And she was a, really an amazing woman. And, um, you know, my, I looked, though, and I thought um, she accomplished everything she wanted to do in this life. And that's saying something. She was an amazing teacher. She taught in public school. She was an astrologer. 
Uh, she was a good friend. Do you know what I mean? Uh, she, We would discuss things without there being, she would give her opinion, I would give mine, but there wasn't judgment. There wasn't a, well, you know what you need to do, you know, kind of thing. She sure. was just a delightful human being. And um, uh, I stayed at her house when I would come to Seattle uh, most of the time. And um, I, I will miss her, and I won't be the only one. Uh, she had a lot of friends. She was just a really delightful human being and a very loving, giving person and somebody that uh, that you can admire and emulate. You know, so bless you, Suzanne Duffy Kane, wherever you are, I know you're kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge my friend. And, and it's been a difficult month or so uh, in that sense, not difficult that I see. I don't see death as an end. I see it as as a continuance of the soul, you know, and that that we grow and we learn and, and we're here in this life to learn. However, when someone you care about leaves, it's like, wait a minute, you know, um, I was really enjoying my relationship with you and, and I miss you very much, you know. So, I mean, it's what I said to my husband before he died, you know, I said, well, if you have to go, you know, then it's okay. You need to know it's okay, but I'm just going to miss you so much. And you know that's that's what we have to recognize. They're okay. We're the ones who you know are like, I really miss you. You know, so I just wanted to, wanted to say that on on a day that is all about love, and <clears throat> I did look up uh, what I could find on uh, Valentine, and I couldn't find stuff that I had found uh, several years ago. I'm like wait a minute, why has that story disappeared? <laughs> you know, it seems that that happens online, doesn't it? Well, you yeah. know, there's a, a vast <laughs> amount of stuff that's added to the web every single yes. day. So, yes. you know, it makes it harder to to weed through to find stuff to find that you might something. have found at some point. But sure. Yeah, and I said, notes that St. Valentine passed, and, and what I get is, oh, notes to your friends, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> No, that wasn't what I was looking for. But I did find something I hadn't found before about the origin of Valentine's Day that I thought was really kind of interesting. All right. I always think of St. Valentine as a patron of lovers. Now, he, supposedly there was more than one Valentine <clears throat> and that they were uh, uh, executed by, uh, what was it, Claudius? What was one of the third century? Uh, uh, yeah, Claudius II. Oh, third century uh, emperor, and uh, the reason the, of the execution for at least one of the Valentines was he was either a priest or a bishop in the, in the uh, Christian religion, and uh, the uh, emperor had decided that uh, unmarried men make better soldiers, so he prohibited uh, marriage in young men because he wanted them for soldiers, mm -hmm. and that Valentine secretly married uh, people, and that was why he was beheaded, which is very interesting, I think. Uh, but again, more than one Valentine. The other thing that I found really fascinating in my search was, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Lupercalia's Day celebration? No. Ah, well, let me enlighten you. <laughs> so. Um, 
there was a pagan celebration, and of course, you know, the Catholic Church doesn't care much for pagans, uh, that was around uh, Romulus and Remus, the twins that were uh, thrown out to, to die by their uncle, and uh, the servant that was sent to to drown them put them in a basket, and they, um, a she-wolf took them and raised them in a cave, and then they were brought up by uh, some humans after that. So that's the, you know, the Roman mythology on the founding of Rome. And um, so very interesting. So from that developed a a celebration called Lupercalia. And of course, Lupa, Lupus is wolf, is the word wolf. And it says uh, a Valentine's Day uses some of the Lupercalia symbols intentionally or not, such as the color red which from that represents a blood sacrifice and the color white, which signified the milk that used the, the to, was used to wipe the blood clean and represented new life and procreation. So uh, there, um, uh, these things kind of got mixed together. And so the Lupercalia was a uh, more of a fertility celebration of there was nakedness and all this good stuff that people used to not be so weirded out about their bodies. As they are now, you know. Uh, I think we're we're getting away from the weirded out about bodies things uh, again. You know, I guess things some some things cycle through in in a generation or so, and some things cycle through in hundreds or thousands of years. Hmm. But uh, <laughs> you know, so this is what. And in the uh, in ancient Rome, feasting began after the ritual sacrifice, which was the killing of a goat and an and a dog, and then they they cut the uh, the the goat hide into thongs, and uh, they ran naked or nearly naked around Palatine, that's a section of, of Rome, whipping any woman within striking distance with the thongs, and this was um, uh, a fertility rite. Uh, it's open to speculation what the lashes represented, according to this. And I understand that there are uh, people that actually still celebrate Lupercalia in a different kind of way, uh, in, in a very hidden way. Yeah, and, as you would. <laughs> <laughs> Try that today, you're going to jail. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think, you, well, you could sacrifice the goat, but leave the doggies alone, okay? Uh. So, uh During Lupercalia, the men randomly chose a woman's name from a jar to be coupled with them for the duration of the festival. Often, the couple stayed together until the following year's festival. Many fell in love and married. So, over time, nakedness during Lupercalia lost popularity. (laughs) Uh, If the festival became more chaste, uh, if still undignified, women were... Was this in February? Yes, February well, 15th. I can, okay, I can understand why the nakedness became less popular. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. And But it's the Ides of February, like the Ides of March, the middle. And here's the other thing that I, I found in my research I thought was kind of cool. In the Middle Ages, they believed that's when uh, birds uh, mated was uh, in the Ides of February, which would have been around the 14th, 15th of uh, February. Interesting note, because we always talk about lovebirds, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and if you look at Valentine cards, birds play a prominent role 
you know, in, in the visuals, uh, as does the chubby little Cupid. And there's a whole nother thing about Cupid who they somehow turned him into this chubby little, little thing shooting arrows. And he actually, uh, there's, there's some issue around which gods are his parents and <laughs> which ones aren't, you know, and all, but he wasn't a chubby little thing in the original uh, story of Cupid. So, so he, he wasn't just, a, like a cherub. No, he wasn't a cherub. He was okay. a handsome devil. Well, not devil. He was son of gods, you know, so I guess that makes him a god. Um, but I, I've also found it interesting that in the in the story where they carried the Romulus and Remus down the river in a basket, that they were ca- caught in a wild fig tree. I guess the branches leaning, you know, down into the water. And figs do play a prominent role in lot in a lot of the uh, ancient stories, and so I found that interesting. So there's little bits and pieces of things interwoven in what comes down to us, right? I mean, we don't get the full story, you know, hundreds of years later. Yeah, yeah. Often a lot of details are lost to history, or twisted around, or sure, oh, I yeah. this part but not that part, and you know. I mean, just look at our Bible. There's a lot of contradiction in there. You know, you can pretty much find whatever you want, depending on how you read it. You know, I mean, I personally like to look at, let's love everybody, okay? Let's be nice to one another, you know? Uh, I think anything that that is not of love, um, I just can't be bothered with. I just don't want to hear... Uh, the anger and, and hatred and say, uh, I'm a Christian. And, and, you know, I think we mentioned this uh, last week that uh, Romney, with his faith, you know, voted his conscience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was not a Romney supporter. Uh, however, I have tremendous admiration. Even, you know, the Mormon religion doesn't suit my needs. Uh, but Anyone who follows their faith in a true, you know, from the heart, authentic way, I, I admire that person. And and not just your faith, but, you know, it's like John McCain. I didn't agree with John McCain, but I thought he was an honorable man. And I think we can have very authentic relationships uh, with people with whom we do not agree. Uh, just because I don't agree with you doesn't make you a bad person. Sure. You know, and, um, you know, unless you're unless you're wanting to come after me you know, and lock me up or kill me because I'm not the way you think I should be. Well, then that would make you a bad person. That would make me a bad person. No, not you, but that person I, I know. <laughs> coming after you, so to speak. Well, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it was interesting to me because they talk about a lot of the uh, fundamentalist Christians uh, are supporters of Trump because they want to see Armageddon. And with Armageddon, they're going to ascend into the heavens and the rest of us sinners are going to, you know, burn in hell. I mean, that's just, you know, that's the view. What I find interesting is a lot of the metaphysical people talk about, well, there's a separating of the worlds. And there will be some of us will be in this new, beautiful space where everybody loves each other and it's going to be, you know, heaven on earth kind of thing. And the other people are going to still be arguing and fighting and doing whatever and working through their stuff. It's a little softer than the uh, Armageddon version, but I see a lot of similarity. 
<laughs> just like, you know, folks, just try to do the best you can from one day to the next and be kind to one another. And, you know, forget all this other stuff that you have no idea what will or won't happen, you know? seems like a pretty big risk uh, to create hell on earth for the for people some people thinking that there'll be heaven after, you know. Right, right. I mean, it's like, come on. Just why why is your mind going there? Because you have to be right. I mean, I I like to be right. <laughs> I mean, I gotta admit, I, I'm not adverse to feeling like, hey, I got that one down. I'm really good at this, you know. Um but I'm not always right. And I, and I think that, I mean, a good percentage of the time, <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what I tell my kids. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. You know, uh, but we don't always know and we don't always get it right. And I think one of the most beautiful things any of us can do is when the person that you're talking with doesn't get it right, that you don't uh, beat them up with it. When they say, listen, I, I've learned something. It's not the way I thought it was. And you go, that's cool. You know, and so, well, I told you, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's, wow. It would just save so much time and energy if we all just took a deep breath and said, you know what? The world is really a beautiful place. And you're a beautiful human being, and I like you. I may not like some of the things you, you say, and I can't figure out how you came to that place in your head, but I still like you. Yeah. It's not a big deal, is it? I mean, I really want to see more harmony. Um, I always say about my name, Harmon, I said, if I knew why, it would be harmony. <laughs> but I don't have a clue, you know. Just stumbling through from one day to the next. And it's the best I can do. So if you feel like you're not accomplishing a whole lot, if you're listening to this show and you feel like I just I, I don't accomplish this and I haven't done that and I and I should have finished that task or this, give yourself a break because you're not the only one who feels like that. And if you if you write down notes on a to-do list, well, I do that. I'm, I'm a big big to-do lister and um sometimes i'm like oh gosh and then i go back in my little notebooks so i go oh yeah i did that and i did that oh did that one and that one and that one well maybe i have accomplished something you know give yourself a break because the world is a beautiful place and um the majority the vast majority of people um are beautiful people. I think we need to look at how we describe things and what words we use to describe them. When I have friends who say they're centrist, but they they they're not they don't support the new green deal. They don't believe in Medicare for all. They don't believe in uh, college education for all. Uh, they they don't believe in any of those things. When seventy five to eighty five percent of the people in this country do believe that do support those views, do want those things to happen. And if you don't agree with that, then you're not a centrist because center would be around 50%. And if 75% want a particular thing, it's, it's not central. It's, it's, I mean, it's not, 
it's not a, a wild, progressive, liberal view if 75% of people want that. That's, that's the majority, way past the majority of, of people in our country. But where we have come politically in this country is elected people no longer have to answer to the electorate. They no longer have to do that because the uh, the situation has become so rigged that uh, there's just no way um, there's just no way to to for it to be fair. And one of the things I was looking at have you followed any of this, Eric, about the um, uh, you know getting rid of the electoral college needing if uh, if we get a uh, nationwide popular vote, one state's representing a majority of 270 electoral votes, then we can change it. Uh, you're familiar with that, right? What, what is that called? Um, the uh, National Popular Vote Compact. Mm. Okay. So you're, you're familiar with that, I'm assuming. Sure. You've talked about it on the show before, and yeah. I'm definitely for getting rid of the, uh, the electoral, electoral college. college. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and I, I, maybe at one time when there was distances for people to vote and there was a lot the people that were agricultural states weren't well represented. That's not the case in our country anymore. Um, you have your your House of Representatives that covers a, a district inside your state, you know, of a smaller group. And we know how those are being drawn up. They're being gerrymandered. But still, there's the House of Representatives. And then you have your two senators from each state. And that that has changed over the years, too, how those two senators uh, are elected. They were at one time, at one time, they were appointed by the governors. And now we vote for them, which was a good improvement. Uh, and then uh, you have the president of the United States who represents all the people, theoretically, who represents all the people in the country. So that should be a popular vote of the whole country electing the president and not this this crazy rigged system, which is so easy to manipulate uh, because of that's what the, the Russians were very good at that. And because of. Um, one among many bills that the House has sent to the Senate, and I, I think it's something like 400 and some, it's over 400 bills that Mitch McConnell has refused to bring up for a vote on the floor of the Senate. Uh, one of those is to, uh, you know, investigate and, some, and do something before the elections to protect our vote. And he doesn't want to protect protect the vote, and which is a really sad state of affairs for our country. Uh, when we had, I think it ended up around 80% of people uh, during the impeachment wanted witnesses and documents, and, you know, and that didn't happen, even though the majority of people wanted it. And it didn't happen because these people do not have to answer to the electorate. They answer to their donors. And uh, if you don't think that's a problem, then you're not uh, you're not paying attention to what we're supposed to be, and what we're becoming less of every single day, and it's a it does bother me. Uh, it bothers me because I love my country, and I, um, I and I love people that are honorable and authentic, and don't just uh, change their viewpoint because they think it's more profitable or it'll get me elected if I if I say this instead of that. No, say what you believe. Say who you are. 
you know, don't keep conning the the the, the public because honestly, we're not that stupid. Well, there's always good. What is it? You can you can fool some of the people all the time and all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. And I think we're really at that all the people all the time kind of thing, because when people say I'm not going to vote because it doesn't do any good, it doesn't do any good because you don't vote. <laughs> so I'm really wanting to work to get people to vote. I mean, Arizona is one of the states that uh, really needs to, to, to step up and change. Um, have you uh, heard of, of Paulette Jordan? in uh, Idaho. I have not. So. Enlighten me. Okay. She, uh, she ran for governor and just barely lost. They went after her really hard, really hard. Uh, she's a native. She's beautiful woman. I met her at the Seattle Film Festival last year. Um, she was with uh, Heather Ray was doing a documentary on her and Heather Ray. I knew her because she was a producer of uh, frozen river, which Misty Upham and you know how close we were, uh, was, you know, starred in uh, Frozen River. And Heather Ray is this brilliant woman, too. And uh, Paulette just barely lost. She is now running for senator. And she would be such an asset. So if you know anybody in that area, you know any of these, you know, any of these folks, then um, check into it. Because if you get her in as a senator from that state, she is authentic. She's honest. She's transparent. These are the kind of people that I want in office. I don't know about you, but that's what I want in office. I want somebody who, who really cares what's going on, you know, with our country and and believes, you know, in, in equality and freedom and all these things that we talk about, but we're not practicing for the, you know, not the people that represent us. And I think, the, you know, the majority of the people in this country do. Right. Yeah, and how about a belief in the law and that no one should be above the law? What a concept. Where you, <laughs> Amazing. Where did you get that, Eric? I mean, that's so out there. That's so leftist. Uh, Will you little lefty, you? <laughs> you know me. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's like when, when you've got Susan Collins standing there saying, well, you know, this little slap on the hand will probably make him think about it again. What? Have you met this man? Right. <laughs> Ever met him? <laughs> and then the next day, <laughs> the retribution begins. The retributions again. I'm going to fire these guys. Well, they didn't really get fired. We just told them to leave. <laughs> they, yeah. they were they were escorted out of the White House, but mm -hmm. we didn't fire them. Yep. And the brother, who wasn't even involved. Right. And he recalled the ambassador who donated a million dollars uh, to his campaign Trump's inauguration yeah right uh, well inauguration because they can do anything they want with that money well sure yeah and they did uh, <laughs> they continued to but do you think uh, Ambassador Sodland maybe regrets writing that check now mm. I, I don't really care I mean I really don't care because he wrote that check because he wanted something for it and he got what he wanted the ambassadorship okay he got it he bought and paid for it and he got it are you happy now? Do you uh, like what you bought? It doesn't fit very well, uh, does it? Yeah, you that's can't what I'm return saying. it. <laughs> he, he may well regret writing that check now. That's what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. You know, it's it's it, it's a garment that just doesn't fit well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and you're not and there's no returns. 
So um, anyone who believes that 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 Donald Trump even knows what honor is, is out of their mind and laughable. Uh, his only goal is to make money and 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 to and to be admired or worshipped or whatever the words you want to use when it's just ridiculous. And that picture that they've gone on and on about with his little tan line, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, and he's saying it was photoshopped. Right, even though it was an official White House photograph. <laughs> well, you know how the White House is. I mean, look at the people that were going to go up and testify against him. We're not talking left-wing radicals. No. We're not even talking centrists. No. We're talking the people he picked yes. for his administration. Conservative Republicans. Right. Who had their hand out. They wanted something. And they got it. Maybe that wasn't <laughs> and if you can be... See, I always thought... You know in the movies where, where you've got these guys, they're all working for the bad guy, right? And the bad guy just shoots this guy in the face because he didn't do what he wanted. You know what I mean? You right. see these movies. And I always think... Who would work for this guy to begin with? Well, the rest don't want to be shot in the face. <laughs> no, but why would you start working for him in the first place? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You should have turned and walked away before you like, uh, got involved. Yeah, not. A, yeah, this is not a. This is not a good choice. This is. This is. This guy's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at a map, and you guys can go on on the internet if you want. And it says the hypothetical pact to activating the national popular vote compact. And of course, the whole West Coast, you got California, Oregon, and Washington, they're all in the orange, that's they have joined. And then you've got up in the Northeast, except for the top two little states, you've got um, all those states have joined. And Virginia, just this week, uh, it, it went from one house and, uh, to one house and then to another, and they're saying possible by 2020. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to get enough states signed up to have any impact on the 2020 election. But there's a possibility by 2024, if we still have a country, by 2024 that this national popular vote compact will take place. I don't understand why people are so slow to catch on to something that will will benefit them and make their lives work better. Why is that? You got me, but uh, I know we got to take a break here. Oh, uh, okay. Let's take a break. We, we've got a guest that's going to come on uh -huh. in this next half hour. Oh, and she wants to talk about this. I'll bet you anything. We'll find out. Okay, stay tuned. <laughs> this is an Armored Experience where you will experience very interesting things. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Adam Sheck on Valentine's Day with the male point of view on relationships. On Saturday, Catherine Alice, author of Love Will Find You, Nine Magnets to Bring You and Your Soulmate Together, rounds out the love weekend. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering her skills as an intuitive counselor, medium, and energy healer via phone or Skype with her audience at a reduced rate of $40 for the first half hour. Susan listens to your guidance and gives what is needed for you in the present moment. Email susan at susanharmon.com and put I love the Susan Harmon hour in the subject line. 
This is a limited time offer, so set up your appointment by emailing Susan at SusanHarman.com today. Are you ready to create relationships that actually work for you? Our Vast Institute Healthy Relationship Programs are designed for anyone ready to take relationships with self and others to the next level of confidence, trust, and intimacy. Enroll now for our April 5th program, Building the Healthiest of Relationships. If you're ready for a relationship where each person is free to learn, grow, and thrive, call us at 206-935-7872 or visit our website at vastinstitute.com to register. No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, get on that love train and ride with the Susan Harmon experience right through this thing that we call Valentine's Day and talking about the vote. All love, 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 love. All I believe in is love. Hello, welcome back to Susan Harmon experience. Hey, Eric, I hear we have a caller. We do. We've got your friend on the line. Uh, Linda Knighton. Welcome, Linda. Well, thank you. Hey, hey Linda. Um, you know, I'm going to let the audience know you are, you're the uh, head of the Washington State Progressive Party, and you have worked very diligently for, for many years. And, and we talked the, uh, just recently here about uh, the show I had. Gosh, I think that was like four years ago or something. I can't remember, four or five years ago, where we had you on. Uh, we had, I can't remember her name, from the Constitution Party. We had the Libertarian Party and we had the Green Party. Four, uh, you know, second tier, I guess this is a way of calling it, you know, alternate p- parties besides the Democrats and the Republicans. And it was a great show. I mean, everybody was courteous, uh, expressed their views. I, I, it was a good show. Well, they're good people. Yes. And uh, you are friends with people who have polar opposite political views than you, and you're still friends. Oh, yeah. One of the things I love about being online with the libertarians is they have rules about courtesy. And if you break one of the rules and kind of say something too outrageous, they call you on it. And they're not mean about it. They're very gentle, but they let you know that you have blown it. And they have managed to get some great discussions going because they have those rules. And we all respect each other. And it makes a big difference. And I can't say enough good about this third-party coalition, which um, started in response to some really egregious laws passed by a former Secretary of State, Sam Reed. And um, we have been working together to try to make it so that the voters have more choices. And I think that we need to have uh, not just people handpicked by the heads of two major political parties, and then those are your choices. I think we need to have the opportunity to have many choices to choose from and uh, narrow that down. I mean, I... Uh, I don't want to go into this really deeply right now, but I see the DNC's hand uh, again on the uh, nominating process in the Democratic Party, and I'm not at all happy about it. Uh, we're going to decide for you who you should vote for. And I don't consider that the Democrat, I don't mean the Democratic Party way, but the democracy. It's not, it's, it's not representative of democracy. And I know that there are other things you and I have agreed on. We've talked about the National Popular Vote Compact, which is, uh, you know, opening things up, just getting to 270 electoral 
uh, electoral representatives total in those states, then then it can then it can happen. Uh, the chances are about a snowball's chance uh, of it happening for the 2020 elections. It's just it's just not going to happen. Um, and they're saying, well, it could happen in 2024. But I, there's also another thing on how we vote. And you and I, I gosh, it's got to be, I don't know how many years that we've known each other. When I first ran for Seattle City uh, Council, you were with the Green Party at that time, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we just kind of gravitated towards each other. <laughs> just had uh, a lot of very similar views. And uh, one of the things at that time that we both uh, agreed on was ranked choice voting. And I know a lot of people still don't know what that is. And I think you can explain it really well. Well, I hope so, because I had to explain it to somebody who was running for office who should have known. I won't go further because I actually like the person and respect them. <laughs> so I don't want anybody making guesses. So um, basically, ranked choice voting is where you have a first choice, second choice, third choice, or more, depending on the system you use, but let's use three. And you can make your first choice, say your first choice was Mickey Mouse. Your second choice was Mighty Mouse. And the third um, choice was Jerry the Mouse. Okay. (laughs) And um, the way it's set up is they... Stop the entire process with a clear winner if somebody gets more than 51% of the vote. Okay. So if Jerry the Mouse got 51% of the vote, the others would be out and he'd be the winner. And no primary. I mean, that is, there is no primary. This is the whole vote. So right. Money uh, yeah, and oh, saving a huge amount of money. I mean, like right now in Arizona, because I registered as an independent, I can't vote in the in the primary. Now mm-hmm. I can go in and get a special thing. I did that before to vote in the primary, and I haven't. I just haven't done it yet, uh, and I hope it's not too late. But uh, that way, I could vote in the Democratic primary. Uh, but it's it's it takes an extra couple of steps. Uh, to do that. I don't like the primary system. I think it's uh, really sets it up for, uh, you know, those that are being picked by the party to win. Oh, I agree with you. And I was going on to explain the funny way that we explain the um, rest of uh, the um, top two process to the candidate we were speaking to that there were three of us there, and so, uh, again, using the mouse tribe there, um, the three mouse candidates, if no one of them gets 51% of the vote, then you start counting people that mark second choice. But the second choice does not get a full vote. That gets a half vote. Okay. And if it goes down to the third choice, then that's a one-third vote. So whoever okay. gets the most votes in aggregate is the winner. And that's fair. Yeah, I know. Strange concept, huh? Yeah, fairness in voting. Woohoo! Outrageous way of thinking. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But there is um, also, when you talk about the uh, problem that caused the um, 
emergence of the National Popular Vote Act, originally in colonial times and during the early days of the Constitution, people would not vote directly for the candidate. They would vote for a neighbor they trusted who would go to a meeting place on horseback, and then they would vote, and then somebody would go on horseback and take those votes to another place, and somehow it would all get together in one spot and all be counted. And it took forever, and it took a very long time for anybody to know who won. That's because they didn't have um, a quick means. They didn't have computers yet. Okay. And they didn't have, yeah, no, no fast. It's just like the Battle of New Orleans was fought two weeks after the War of 1812 was over. Exactly. So <laughs> what they did in the Constitution, they decided that the means of communication was so slow that they didn't want to have that kind of problem. So what they did is set up these electoral colleges so that people would vote for their trusted neighbor and the trusted neighbor would uh vote for the candidates who were uh, running. And they tended to have kind of a mess because they didn't have a two-party system. They had a multiple-party system. And people would change parties, or they also had a system where the president uh, would be the winner and the runner-up would be the vice president. And if they were from two parties and hated each other, it could be really fun. So... That's um, one, one way of calling it fun. <laughs> yeah, what we needed to do back when they first invented the telegraph and had instant communication on the voting is to get rid of the unwieldy, by that time, situation where they have the electoral college. You need to keep the electoral votes because that's how you count Congress people. Right. So I want to make that very, very clear. There's a difference between electoral votes per state and the electoral college. And the difference is, say that again so people understand, what is the difference between the two? The electoral college is a bunch of people who um, meet and um, cast their vote for president after everybody gets through voting. And the way they're distributed results all too often in the winner of the popular vote losing. And the electoral votes per state are supposed to be for um, choosing Congress people. Okay. And that's a very, and that's such a smaller uh, a, a congressional district is a lot smaller than the whole country. It's smaller than the state. So it's very specific to that one little area, and that yep. makes and that makes sense. There's one or two places where it's kind of unwieldy, like um, Alaska and Texas, but other really? than that, well, size, okay. but computers, yeah. Except after what happened in Iowa, not too sure how people feel about that. Well, you know, um, I found it very interesting that in Iowa that um, $40,000 of the money for that program was from the Buttigieg campaign and that he declared that first night before they even had uh, said uh, anything about the votes that he was the winner and they hadn't even turned in any votes. So how, how was he able to say that? 
do you, you know, and, and people in his campaign and, and people that have been in the Clinton campaign are both involved in creating that program. Exactly. And another part of it was there was um, at least one district in Iowa where the um, man who tallied the votes right. um, had a phone call from a friend wanting to know what the tally was, and he sent it to him by uh, email. Yeah, I don't think it was email. He was in his car, so he sent it to him by his phone in a text message. And at the same time, they released the results. And, and they were the different. of the ones that were released was that district, and the ones that were official were different from the ones from the hand tally of the people who were there. Yeah, I, I recall that. And uh, they gave votes, but everything that was counted wrong was against Sanders. Now, well, because yeah. of what happened in 2016, the Sanders ah. campaign developed a system to really, inter an internal system to really count the votes because of this. And so they were trying the same thing again. Well, we and, expect it. Right. But they were prepared for it this time and they counted. Yeah. And so, another, you know, I, I think that there's something else that might be of benefit to uh, look at, and that is the um, part that the press has been paying and all, playing in all yes. this. Yes. And, uh, for example, if Buttigieg had announced that and the press had gone, what are you talking about? They're still counting. Right. But they didn't. They made but they a big didn't. Deal Why not? Right. But I love it. Uh, somebody on one of the news programs actually referred to Pete Buttigieg as the uh, master of platitudes. Master of platitudes. You know, and and for my thing, I you know I don't think anybody at this point in time that anybody that really matters. It's a minority of people that would care what his sexual orientation is. I mean, just nobody, nobody no. cares. That's not my issue with him whatsoever. No, it's all uh, policy. Yeah, it's all it's all about no, I don't agree with how you how you look at things and frankly I was very disappointed in Elizabeth Warren. I, I you know, it yeah. just really it really bothered me because I like Elizabeth Warren. Uh, oh, but yeah. don't do something because you think it's to your political advantage and it goes against the things you say you believe in and that bothered me a great deal. Well, yeah, she worried me, frankly. Um, I think that she also had baggage from... She took from, some bad advice. Yeah, she had baggage from the trick that um, Trump played on her about her heritage. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. a dirty trick. Now, I've got but, well, some other was... stuff I wanted to mention to you, and I think we've talked about this in the past. Um, what's going on in Detroit with the property tax? Have you heard about that? No. Well, uh, this they have the second highest property tax in the United States in the city of Detroit. Jeez. And um, a lot of people are losing their homes because of this property tax. So in 2017, they delayed the mailing of property tax notices until after the appeal deadline. Oh, my God. And the majority of homeowners losing uh, homes due to um, minorities. Well, yeah, but inflated values and the taxes—they're suing now. And they I don't know, get I, tax breaks, Michigan but developers is, do. 
Michigan is so corrupt and has been when they can just go in and and take duly elected people, throw them out and put in a manager. It's a how does that happen? It happens because good people don't vote because they're disgusted with bad people running things. And so they let the bad people continue to run them and it gets worse. Yeah, and uh, they've given up on doing the research necessary to find the good candidates, which means it's time to now put in a word for uh, the wolf pack. Yes, the wolf pack. I love the wolf pack. Folks, if you don't know who the wolf pack is, go online, find out, look up the Young Turks. Now, frankly, the Young Turks, they overtalk everything as far as I'm concerned. It's like they, they'll take 15 minutes to say what could be said in five minutes. That's just... My view, like, all right, I got your opinion already. I know what it is. Just just give me the facts and stop all the blah, 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 you know. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? They overtalk. Well, yeah, but they are a commentary show. So. That's, that's true. Nonetheless, make it shorter. I'll pay more attention. Anyway, back to Wolfpack. Yes, but Wolfpack, that's Jenk Unger that started Wolfpack. Yep. And it basically is people who are candidates for office who promise not to take any corporate money. Right. And justice Democrats are doing an amazing job. You know, one of the things I see where where things make me happy was there was a there was a woman whose uh, child was was killed in Florida and nobody would listen to her. She ran for office and won. There was a woman that fl- flipped off Trump in the in the cavalcade and got fired and all that. She ran for office and won. Yay. And I I'm telling you, people, you can do it. You just have to get up and do it. Instead of complaining about, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to participate in a corrupt system. Well, change it. Participate well, and make it a non-corrupt system. Exactly. I also wanted to mention real quick once, haha. I listen to Charlie Barron's too much. Anyway, I wanted to make a comment about the economy. People are telling everyone that uh, Trump has made the economy great. Well, Wall Street. Yeah, so I've got a comment on that. Those who control the economy want us to believe that the rich and super rich are the way to measure a successful economy and not the success of middle class and poor people, despite the fact that they are the majority of Americans and pay the highest percentage of their income in taxes. Correct. And so if you're one of those taxpayers who's scrambling to pay all those high taxes and you would like to have Jeff Bezos kick in a few dollars, I'm with you. <laughs> I think he just paid $195 million for a house in L.A. Uh, so he wouldn't have to live in Washington. I don't know. I mean, just, but but the point that you're making is an excellent point. How do you measure the economy? And if you're looking at Wall Street as the as your unit of measurement, you're missing the majority. I mean, a huge majority of the country, a big, the most of us, the most of us. And we're not doing that well. I don't know about you, but I'm not doing that well. And I look at other people, you know, people who, who, you know, are entrepreneurs and all that, they stack the deck against you to begin with, and you're already climbing uphill, and then they make it even worse. You know, do you have a job? Do you have a real job? Well, 
uh, yeah, it's a real job. It's not for some, I'm not working for somebody else. You're telling me that the only way it's a real job is if I give over my day and my life and my body to this company, then it's a real job. But if I'm a creative person who's doing, you know, whatever it is I'm doing, it's not real. Oh, yeah. And another part of it is they fail to ask how many jobs do you have? Yeah, that's the other thing when they're saying they're employed. And I know so many families, a lot of them are immigrant families, that are working two or three jobs to pay the rent and buy the food and buy the clothes. And they're working harder than anyone will go get a job. Uh, You mean you want me to get a fourth job? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then look at the price of rents in Seattle. Do I even need to quote the amounts? I think most people know they are outrageous. Right. And the only people making money are the developers, and they get tax breaks, but the homeowners don't, and the renters don't. Absolutely. Nobody gets – you used to be able to take your interest off your mortgage, and they took that away. When people thought, oh, yeah, we get a tax break too. Well, it didn't hit till last year, and all of a sudden they're they're not getting the check they thought they were going to get. And it's not because they counted it wrong that it was taken out every month in a different kind of way. No, they're not being able to write things off the way they used to. Exactly. And that's huge. So, yeah, so we had all these – Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, that's all right. We're, we are getting close to the end. Do you have anything to say in a minute? Do yeah. it. Real quick. I'm not a fan of Bloomberg because 12 years ago he said the cause of economic troubles in New York City was because of not having redlining anymore. Not he having redlining. To, yeah. um, oh, he's a racist. Yeah. He, he is, basically. And don't forget that he's part of the system and you don't want to put somebody who is part and parcel of the system in. So do your research. Really, 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 really do your research. Make sure you know who you're voting for. Check who's donating the money to them and find out if they are going to fight for you or fight for a bunch of people that don't need anybody to fight for them. Remember, remember they spent $147,000, something like that, for uh, defeating Shama Salant because she actually listened to the people. Exactly. All right, folks, we've had a great show today. Happy Valentine's Day. And don't forget to get involved. Really, it's your life. It affects you. Don't think it doesn't affect you because it does. Go out there and dance your little hearts out.